This podcast was brought to you by Business Radio, powered by Wharton, originally airing on Sirius XM. Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, and of course, uh, children of all ages, welcome to the program. The Hip Hop Prof is the name, and of course, segmentation, targeting, positioning, and messaging is the game. I call it STPM. And listeners, you are to be saluted on a daily basis. Baby, please, this is Sirius XM Channel 132, business radio powered by the Wharton School. My co-host, Barbara Khan, is not in tonight, so your boy is flying solo. I am your host, Professor Americus Reed. Yes, and they call me the Pied Piper of business radio. Uh, now listen to me. Jeff, Audi- Jeff is on audio tonight, ladies and germs. Jeff Simmons. My good friend, turn it up, baby. Listen to the beat. This is America's Read, the Hip Hop Prof, a.k.a. the czar of the M-A-R. They call me the Hip Hop Prof. I be nimble and quick, baby. They call me the Bishop of Battle, the Morpheus of Marketing. I'm always taking that red pill and going down the rabbit hole we call branding. Always grinning and winning up here at the Wharton School, broadcasting live from 38th Locust Walk Campus Studios. The phone lines are open, 1-844-WHARTON, 1-844-942-7866. Email us at businessradio at SiriusXM.com. You can also follow us on Twitter at BizRadio132 or hit me up on at A-M-R-E-E-D-2 on Twitter. That's at A-M-R-E-E-D-2 on the social media tip. Follow me, follow me, follow me, follow me, but don't lose your grip. Guys, listen to me very carefully in AT. I just amuse myself. I just sit here in the studio with my good friends and Michelle Stucker and Jeff Simmons on audio, and I just like make myself laugh. That's the goal here. But I got to tell you something very serious, very, very important here, uh, listeners. Uh, 1881, the Wharton School was founded. We are the first collegiate business school on the planet And we wrote the book on marketing right here on the seventh floor of John M. Huntsman Hall. And we created a radio program to bring the knowledge directly to the people. The show is called Marketing Matters. We air live every Wednesday from 5 to 7 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. And, of course, this weekend is Super Bowl Sunday. Unbelievable. Tom Brady is back in this game. I heard an incredible statistic, ladies and germs, that Tom Brady has played in like 17% of every single Super Bowl that has ever been played. They call him the greatest of all time. He's going to try to do his things. Uh, he's he's going to try to get another ring, guys. Another ring this weekend against the New Orleans Saints. Oh, wait a minute. The New Orleans Saints are not going to be in there because they were basically robbed by, by a, kind of a really, really bad uh, you know, no-call pass interference. But we won't get into that. I'll Maybe I'll vent about that later. We'll see. Anyway, it's a Super Bowl weekend. we got a great show for you uh, tonight. I'm super excited about this. At 5 o'clock, we've got Jason Teitler, founder and chair of BCW's Fan Experience. He's going to talk about their recent survey that covered all kinds of Super Bowl-related topics like how consumers plan to watch the game, appetites for commercials, and other insights that we marketers find so useful. He is actually in Atlanta at the Super Bowl right now on Radio Row, ready to join us uh, to kick off the program. At 5.30, we've got Kevin Hamilton, Senior Director of Brand Marketing at Avocados from Mexico. This will Avocados actually... from Mexico. Nice. This will actually... <laughs> You've probably heard that jingle. I mean, I got to tell you something. I'm going to thank my man, Kevin, personally, because I'm a huge fan of of avocados. They are what I refer to as nature's butter. And so we're going to talk about how the marketing of the, it's actually a fruit, I think. I think it's a fruit. But we'll talk about that with uh, Kevin. He's going to tell us all about the ads that are very quirky and highly entertaining for avocados from Mexico. So we're going to hear about their strategy and why they value this event so much. And then at 6 o'clock, we've got our good friend Daniel Corshin. He's Associate Professor of Marketing at the Labau College of Business at Drexel University. 
And I'm super excited to have him in because he's going to be in studio with me discussing uh, a paper, an op-ed that we've written recently uh, that is called Trump's Branding Report Card, Thoughts from Two Marketing Professors. And we're going to talk about brand purpose. We're going to talk about brands getting involved in political ideology. We've got Schultz potentially jumping in the race uh, in terms of trying to be a candidate for the presidency as an independent centrist. So we're going to talk about how Starbucks brands and brands that sort of combine political ideologies, how all that plays out. And then finally, to close out the show, 6.30, it's me and you. Yep, your boy is here to take your calls and offer advice. Can you? Can you stump the professor? We'll see. Get your questions ready and call us at one eight four four wharton That's one 942 We've got an unbelievable packed show tonight. Not a square to spare. So with that, let's jump right in and bring in our first guest, Jason Teitler. Welcome to the show. Hi there. How are you? I'm doing very well, sir. How are you? What's going on in Atlanta right now? Some some stuff, huh? Oh, a whole bunch of mayhem, madness, uh, Super Bowl uh, festivities. It, it's really exciting to be here. Very, very cool. We're extremely excited to have you on the program, uh, Jason. And so what I always like to do is I like to give my listeners a little bit of context, a little bit of uh, sort of background information on my, my guests that are so kind to join us and impart their wisdom for our listeners. So if you could just talk a little bit about your, your pathway, your journey. You're doing some really cool stuff, and we're going to get into that. Uh, but I want you to sort of just tell me a little bit about your journey and how you, where you started and how you kind of ended up here today. Well, I've always been on the PR side, always been on the earned media side, and we help brands become relevant in the space uh, in which their target audiences um, have certain passion points. Mm-hmm. And we feel very strongly that for brands to actually get traction, they need to provide assets and access that perhaps fans um, can't normally get through traditional mechanisms if they're actually going to become part of the culture, a culture that fans really hold near and dear to their hearts. So mm. I've been doing that for, oh, God, I'm going to date myself, um, you know, a couple of decades now. Uh-huh. And uh, the Super Bowl has been a big part of it because, you know, what a lot of people don't realize is that in addition to it being one of the biggest uh, entertainment uh, events and spectacles in the world, mm-hmm. it's also one of the, the greatest opportunities for brands to communicate um, there are specific uh, messages on products and services, things that are relevant mm-hmm. to the culture of sports and entertainment. And we've been doing that for quite some time at BCW, which is Burst and Kona Wolf and our fan experience team. Very cool. Did you actually grow up a fan of sports? Were you passionate about sports growing up as a young man? Super passionate. I am a diehard, lifelong um, uh, Yankees uh, season ticket holder. Nice. Also a Raiders fan. So Excellent. it's always been a part of my blood, a part of my family. And, uh, yeah, it's a, it's a little interesting being here in Atlanta where you've got a, yet another um, Boston uh, competitor in the Super Bowl. And, yes. uh, so I'm rooting for L.A. <laughs> yes, me too, I must say. I mean, you know, you got to give Tom Brady props, but I just, I just, you know, he's just so consistent. It's like you got to have a little bit of, you know, newness and some, some, some freshness to it. But <laughs> I do want to yeah. touch on, like, some of the aspects that are important with creating this fan experience, uh, Jason, because I think what's beautiful about sports is that there at least you know from the perspective of how I study how consumers engage with brands there's the the sports fan is kind of a special animal talk a little bit about the deep level of engagement that is often created between the sports fan and the sports and sports teams that they interact with well it's part of their family it's part of their culture it's part of their lifestyle mm-hmm. and for brands to really make any sort of progress in this space they have to demonstrate that there is a, a particular reason why a fan should embrace them as part of that very coveted culture, and it is very protected. And uh, we feel that the first way to do that, and it's got to start with this, is really an, um, analyzing the evidence, which is one of the reasons 
we've been doing the uh, the Super Bowl surveys in our sixth year. And uh, we feel like gut and experience do become a part of it, but it shouldn't be the main reason why um, or how brands communicate with fans, because fans are incredibly smart. Um, fans come in all different shapes and sizes. What I mean by that is a fan could be a consumer, it could be a business decision maker, mm. it could be an influencer. Mm-hmm. And, of course, we're de- dealing with different age groups, and different age groups have different passion points, too, even within the sports environment. Mm-hmm. So you've really got to understand the psychographic of these individuals and understand the different compartments that a brand needs to um, figure out if they're going to you know, be considered a natural part of that um, that environment, because if they don't do that, they could actually uh, do more harm to their brand than they uh, than they can good. So we make sure that we follow the data, we follow the insights, and then uh, and only then does experience and gut come into the uh, the picture. What I really like about your analysis, Jason, is something that I often preach in my classes as well, and that is this idea of the marriage of right brain and left brain, and the notion mm. that you know, yes. to your point, Jason, I think you're making a critical point for our listeners here. It's like you you know, intuition has a role, and creativity and gut has a role. And is, to your point, is what you're saying here, Jason, but it really can be so so much more augmented by taking an empirical approach and really paying attention to the data, right? That's absolutely right. I'll give you an example uh, or at least an anecdote. I've been in uh, uh, many meetings with uh, C-suite executives, and one in particular um, happened to be a very uh, big fan of sailing. Mm. But their target audience had nothing to do with sailing. It didn't have that on their radar screen. And uh-huh. It was a younger audience that is... Um, they're not even interested in traditional sports, more interested in esports. And now that gambling is becoming a, a big part of the environment, um, that's what a younger audience is into. And especially if you're trying to um, make a headway in uh, an environment where you're just um, engaging in sponsorships that are more traditional sports, mm-hmm. you need to, to change your approach. So when you start throwing sailing out for a millennial audience or even a centennial audience, um, you're really not understanding that you need to look through the eyes of the fan. And I put that around quotes. Through the eyes of the fan is how uh, we approach business and mm-hmm. how we um, instruct many of our clients and the brands that we work with to approach their strategy and then determine what paths they take uh, and then you know figure out maybe if there is an alignment between your personal passion point. But if you're a sailing fan and you're trying to hit millennials, wow, what a mismatch. <laughs> so the millennials, they're not into that activity as of yet. You have to wait. Is, is, is sailing as an activity, just as an aside, Jason, a bit more refined? What, what's the deal there? What's the psychographic like? Or is it like cost prohibitive for younger people? What's the deal there? Well, yeah, I mean, absolutely both. But um, it's just completely out of sight, out of mind for a younger audience. Mm-hmm. So, you know, when we do our studies, particularly in BCW's six annual Super Bowl survey, we really try to unearth some of the interesting facts that will help guide some of these programs. So, for instance, we found that millennials w- do have an interest in in football, where a lot of people um, thought, oh, my God, the younger audience, millennials, and then centennials after them are going to be lost um, when it comes to the NFL. But mm-hmm. now, thanks to gambling mm. and thanks to esports, right. there really is an opportunity for leagues like the NFL and MLB and the NHL and so on to um, actually make a connection with these individuals. But they have to offer some of the concessions that they're looking for and when I say concessions, I mean things that um, will certainly drive their interest mm-hmm. and uh, really um, cater to their lifestyle as opposed to the other way around. Gotcha. And so this is super interesting, Jason, because what I often also talk about in my class, and I love your touching upon this, because it's not often obvious that there's a lot of empirical analysis that goes into this. And that's the idea of trying to psychographically segment 
markets to try to get beyond kind of obvious uh, sort of outward observable characteristics like demographics and trying to go a little bit deeper on understanding who this person is, this potential customer. Can you talk a little bit about your experience and you know the work that has been done in terms of BCW's uh, work that has laid out the different groups? How do you think about that this, this audience from a segmentation perspective? What are the different groups that pop out to you in terms of how you think about that? So we look at a variety of different um, pathways. So we definitely look at um, age groups, right? Millennials, mm-hmm. centennials, Gen Xers, boomers, and uh, that's pretty typical. Mm-hmm. We also look at various uh, geographies, so whether it be national, international, or even East Coast, West Coast. Um, we certainly look at um, you know other uh, avenues as well. As uh, what I mean by that is certain behaviors that mm-hmm. we know are very, very common amongst these different uh, age demographics, as well as even the um, the geographies that we're, we're trying to target. Mm-hmm. And then we, we unearth what may be necessary to focus on based on what a particular brand um, is oh. telling us their, their strategy is. Now, of course, we're hoping that that brand strategy is also based on evidence, but it's certainly <laughs> good to know, right. um, you know, when it comes to things like the Super Bowl, that let's say 50% of millennials would consider watching an esports event associated with the Super Bowl mm-hmm. um, as opposed to the typical halftime show. So, um, when we understand those type of behaviors, it's, it, it helps guide uh, the type of experiences, mm. thus fan experience, mm-hmm. uh, that we can offer up to these individuals to enrich their lives, and then they embrace the brand that provides that enrichment. Interesting. And so when brands come to you, is the process then, Jason, that you kind of unpack what the, when you said strategy, does that mean also kind of unpacking the DNA of the brand itself in terms of trying to match what the brand itself stands for to a specific type of audience that might be one of these subsegments in the space that you guys study? Bingo. And then we include some other um, elements as well. So when we start talking about millennials and centennials, we know they're heavily driven by brands that are investing in community activities mm. or or in quotes, purpose-based um, mm. marketing. Yes. And that's a big driver of both groups' behaviors. While they are different in many ways, they're also similar in many ways. So they do um, pay more attention to brands that are giving uh, in a variety of different ways. So, for instance, if there's a brand that's supporting Special Olympics, they have um, a chance to uh, provide a very, very organic and natural message to an audience that's looking for a brand that's giving back to their particular market. Um, maybe their friends and family, because uh, an organization like Special Olympics, which, by the way, we do work with, mm-hmm. um, does stuff on a grassroots, national, and international perspective. So a brand that does that is starting to understand not only the uh, pure entertainment passion points, but, all, but also the cerebral passion points that mm. many of these audiences are navigating towards. An older audience may not care as much um, about that as millennials or centennials do. Very, very interesting. Ladies and germs, if you are just joining us, listeners, we are speaking with Jason Teitler, who is founder and chair of BCW's Fan Experience. Jason is founder and chair of Burson Marsteller's Global Sports Marketing Specialty, The Fan Experience. And we are discussing this very, very interesting aspect of how to make the connection with sports fans. And uh, the work that Jason does is essentially to match, to try to understand, help brands to make that deeper kind of emotional connection. Uh, If you're interested in joining this conversation, please feel free to give us a call to ask any questions for Jason and myself at 1-844-WARTON, 1-844-942-7866. Now, Jason, I do want to ask you, so as, because this is a big part of what you do is to be very empirical based, and you're doing this survey. This is the, you've done it seven times, correct? This is the sixth. This is the sixth, uh, okay. 
Yeah, we're very happy to bring it to market because it helps demystify a lot about this um, this particular phenomenon known as the Super Bowl. Interesting. So let's talk about that. Tell me a little bit about the genesis of the survey. You know, h- how many folks participate in it? How it gets uh, procured? You know, is it an online survey? Is it pay- pencil and paper? How do you do this? How do you work it? What are the numbers in terms of participants? Things like that. So as part of the uh, BCW family, we uh, we work with a company called PSB, and PSB is one of the international leaders in market research. And they help uh, many um, leading brands as well as emerging brands understand the behaviors and attitudes of uh, a whole variety of different uh, target audiences. So we've been working with them for six years now, mm-hmm. and with uh, BCW's uh, annual Super Bowl survey, mm-hmm. we look at some very serious types of, uh, of issues and uh, opportunities, but also we have some fun, too. So it's not, um, you know, pure, uh, you know, information that, that um, will go immediately into strategies, but also some fun stuff that actually has a big role in strategies, but um, mm. will give people a, a bit of a flair for what the typical consumer is thinking and how they may be a little bit different than common perception. So mm-hmm. we even put a fun question in our survey about um, whether or not fans would move their wedding date if their favorite team was playing in the Super Bowl. And uh, Give me the percentage. Yeah, so it's 29% of fans uh, would move their wedding date if wow. their team was playing in the Super Bowl, mm-hmm. which I, I think is pretty considerable. But what I think is even more telling is that avid fans, and by the way, we break up our survey between casual and avid fans because gotcha. they are radically different mm. individuals. And sometimes, of course, they're at the same parties and, and watching uh, the game um, together because um, it's not like you have... Uh, you know, one room full of avid fans and one room full of casual fans. <laughs> yeah, but right, exactly. So you got avid fans that are 42% more likely, and millennials are 38%, um, you know, uh, likely to move their wedding if it coincides with the team playing in the Super Bowl. Interesting. Yeah, I think what's very interesting about that, Jason, is that it, it really is displaying a kind of, this is the depth by which people are passionate about this, right? And they're willing right. to they're willing to move their lives around because this is so important to them that it's actually part of their life. It, it probably had well, this is what the data is saying. It has eagle cachet as as their, their you know their wedding. So that's a, a very powerful statement. So tell me a little bit more about these super. How do you define an avid versus a casual fan? Is it like how much they watch, what they buy, all of the above? How do you how do you define that? It's frequency and depth. Mm-hmm. So an avid fan is somebody who is absolutely consuming a lot of uh, sports uh, media and obviously uh, information about the teams that they follow. Mm-hmm. In the case of the Super Bowl, it's somebody who's been following uh, their team all throughout the journey um, all season, um, and hopefully for them, uh, their team makes it to the Super Bowl. And even if their team doesn't, they usually have an interest in uh, things like fantasy sports mm. and, uh, oh. and other mechanisms where mm-hmm. you know the, the, the game, even if their favorite team isn't in it, um, does impact their lives. And they're looking at a variety of different data. They, they are definitely data-hungry. Mm-hmm. Um, so they're consuming um, whatever they can from wherever they can, including um, Sirius. And uh, they're making decisions based on that. The casual fan is more the communal fan. In other words, they like the idea of turning on a game or maybe even going to a game to be with family and friends. Mm-hmm. And they like the experience. They're not necessarily... Um, as in depth as an avid fan in understanding the nuances of a of a football game or gotcha. a baseball game, because mm-hmm. we all know there are a lot of nuances in in those sports. Mm-hmm. And with the Super Bowl, they they do like you know the commercials and the marketing, and certainly they like the halftime show. But um, what we found very refresh, refreshing year over year is that between both casual fans and avid fans, 
they're still tuning in for the game itself mm. as opposed to all of the other goodness around it. So that's nice because, let's face it, it, it is about a game, and uh, I like to see that. Um, although people do like the commercials, mm-hmm. um, it's interesting to follow the changes in these behaviors, including with um, social media consumption. And part, speak a little bit about that, uh, Jason. How has, over the last six years, and, and just in terms of your experience, how has this social media multiple screens type of aspect changed how you think about helping brands and the strategies that you work with brands to to actually create these deeper connections with these sports fans? So certainly there is a hunger to check out some of the marketing prior to the game, mm-hmm. but uh, we did find out that um, for the first time, uh, when people want to see a commercial for the first time, it's actually um, through the game itself. Oh, but, interesting. Uh, social media is used um, differently by the casual fan um, and the avid fan. So while the avid fan is um, on his or her, let's say, device, uh, they are either trash-talking or they're checking in <laughs> what other um, players might be saying that weren't fortunate enough to be in the game, mm-hmm. or they're checking out additional stats, or they're trying to see how, how their, you know, their betting is... Um, is going uh, because gambling is such a big part of it. Whereas the casual fan, they may be talking about the experience and what's going on in, in the environment that they're in. Maybe it's about the, the food. Um, and we actually did some, some, uh, um, tallies on uh, the favorite foods for a Super Bowl, and occasionally they'll talk about the game, but maybe the celebrity sightings. Mm. And then of course the halftime show, but, mm-hmm. uh, it's interesting to see the differences in those behaviors. And it's interesting to, you know, look at the, uh, compare and contrast. Mm-hmm. And so let me ask you this, Jason, as you're working with a brand, let's say I'm a brand that comes to you and colleagues and says, hey, I want to make a connection. Will the strategy be, I would assume the strategy would would be quite different if you are attempting to try to make a connection with a casual versus an avid fan. Can you talk about how that strategy for a brand would, would play out differently across those two segments? Yeah, that's a great question. I mean, for the avid fan, it's... Um hitting them uh, with the sport itself. In mm. other words, mm-hmm. what are they missing in their experience that perhaps the uh, brand can provide, mm-hmm. whether they're a sponsor or a non-sponsor, because there are opportunities on both sides. And, of course, sponsorship it has many levels, right? There's a team sponsorship, there's a league sponsorship, Super Bowl sponsorship, mm-hmm. and so on. Or if there's uh, another mechanism, whether it be you know through marketing or advertising or uh, on-the-ground experiences, for a casual fan, it's actually tying the sport and their experience to um, other passions, like uh, family. Oh, interesting. Or mm-hmm. um, that's why we did the question about the wedding date or mm-hmm. food or uh, travel. You know, we did um, we put some questions in there about travel. Um, and just to get an idea of, uh, of how people think about the Super Bowl beyond actually a sports event, it is considered by many people to be almost like that unofficial holiday. I know we've all heard that term right. with regards to the Super Bowl. So. Um, we look at both, and we work with our clients to figure out, okay, is it the casual fan that they're trying to go for, or is it really the hard-nosed fan? And if it's a blend of the two, mm-hmm. is there a common ground where we'll be able to put together a program that will actually hit both audiences, mm. or are they segmented approaches, which sometimes is the case. Gotcha. Would you would you automatically give uh, more priority to priority to Uh, an approach for a brand that would want to focus more of a concentration strategy, more on one of the two segments versus both, or would, because I would imagine that if you're trying to do both, it it could become a little bit tricky, yes? It could be. If you're trying to do both with one particular activation, that's probably the trickiest thing to do. Mm -hmm. Um, But we also have to realize that these two groups don't live in, in silos. So, you have families and, and friends and other units 
that are both uh, that consist of both casual fans and mm-hmm. avid fans. Mm-hmm. So while you want to uh, make sure you're providing uh, experiences for both mindsets, mm-hmm. um, and you want to separate those out, uh, the real world dictates that they actually live and breathe together in the same households together at the same uh, you know events together and celebrate the same milestones together. So it is very very tricky. Oftentimes it's in the narrative. Um, oh, and not even the experience alone, but what are we actually conveying to the audience, and how are we delivering um, assets as far as content, especially through social media? Gotcha. Super interesting. So tell me this: uh, as you ran the survey, Jason, what? Tell me a, a few insights that came out of the survey that you were particularly surprised with. Like, were there some things that you just didn't quite expect that jumped out at you that you thought were like? aha moments or light bulb moments, anything that in the survey that met that sort of uh, threshold? Yeah, actually there were a few. In addition to what I was talking about, about um, the NFL having a future with a younger audience, mm-hmm. which I think was very good to see. Yes. Uh, that's, of course, if there are new types of experiences that they, they um, provide to an audience that's seeking out more in gambling and more in esports. Um, we found uh, some interesting things about, uh, let's say, an international market uh, appetite for a Super Bowl. So uh, fans are open to moving the Super Bowl to an international market, which really shocked us. Interesting. Um, as, as 50% say that they would support a Super Bowl played you know, at, at a place other than the U.S. Now, of course, there are a lot of complications around that, um, time zones and travel and such, but millennials in particular are even more open to an international Super Bowl 71% of millennials support the notion, which is interesting because, huh. you know, that gives us a glimpse into the psyche of the millennial, which um, just by definition of, you know, their activities uh, with social media, they're much more international than perhaps some of the other um, other groups. And mm-hmm. then we found some interesting things about esports. So millennial fans are, are definitely looking to esports to enhance their Super Bowl experience. Fifty uh, percent of millennials said they would consider watching an esports event associated with the Super Bowl. So, Interesting. imagine a, a halftime show diversion. Um, and I know we've had those in the past. Mm-hmm. Uh, some networks have done that, and and there's been a whole variety of experiments. But you know, if there was, um, let's say, something more traditional like the halftime show catering to Gen Xers and Boomers, but maybe there's something alternative for millennials that are. Hmm. really consuming esports in a huge way tied into the Super Bowl. Interesting. That could be a big victory for not only the league, but a lot of brands that are tied into football. And so, interesting, and so this millennial group is going to be a, a big component because obviously folks like the NFL and brands that are interested in taking part of this analysis, uh, Jason, are going to have to be paying attention to a younger audience and hopefully you know, relying on your wisdom to be able to understand like what are these current trends uh, this analysis of the survey that allows them to kind of get some intelligence around uh, trying to understand how to best connect with these uh, these consumers. How do they get? How do people get access to the to the survey results? Is that available as a report or what? Yes, we have uh, an infographic that highlights some of the uh, the key findings. We also have an executive summary that's available. We issued a press release the the other day, and people can find that information at bcw-global.com. Um, and we're happy to to discuss the survey, the history of the survey, the trends that we've seen year in and year out, and also what we uncovered um, this year, uh, you know, for the big game. Excellent. Jason Teitler, thank you so much for coming on our show tonight. It was a pleasure to have you. Thank you for the time and enjoy the game. For more guest interviews, check out our Wharton Business Radio Highlights podcast on iTunes and Google Play.